Hello and welcome back to the True North CFL podcast. This episode is going to be a little different today. It is just a draft special to kind of keep the content going. There is been a mock draft posted, so we figured we should get in on this. Uh, so we are joined with our draft expert here, James Tease. James, feel free to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm uh, James Tease. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, J-A-M-E-S underscore T-E-E-S. All right, and James is an offensive lineman in U-Sport and obviously follows the CIS very well, so he, he's probably actually played against some of these guys we might talk about even. Uh, quite a few, actually. Oh, all right, that's good. I actually want to hear about that then. Um, so. We posted a mock draft on our Instagram and our Twitter. If you haven't seen it, just go to search True North CFL Podcast. You'll find us on both of those platforms. And we did round one and round two. So we're kind of going to go through the different players we have and talk about them. And we'll say what order they're in for each of us because James and I have different orders. but. In some spots, we have similar players, so we'll kick this off right now with round one. Um, I had Carter O'Donnell, Thomas Jack, Cardella of University of Buffalo, Cattell S.A. of Laval. James had it as number one, Carter O'Donnell, uh, Cattell S.A., and Thomas Jack. Or, I always screw up this guy's name. Thomas, how do you want it? How do you say it, James? Uh, Cordilla, I'm not sure. That's when I mess up as well. Sorry, guys, if we mess up on pronunciation. Uh, some of these names are tough. Yeah, no doubt. So that's the order we have them in. Um, just, we swapped S.A. and Thomas Jack. I have him going to the Argos. James has Jack going to the Lions. And S.A. I have going to the Lions. James has going to the Argos. So... James, feel free to give your analysis on these three guys in whatever order you feel is right. Uh, I think Carter O'Donnell's the unanimous number one pick because Neville Gallimore and Chase Claypool are going in the first and sec second round of the NFL draft probably, but O'Donnell is by far the best lineman in this draft, uh, multiple all-time Canadian and CanWest All-Star. He's he's six six, so he's able to play guard or tackle. He has that body. Uh, he's nasty. He's a mauler. I've been gassing up him up for the longest time before uh, mock drafts were out, and uh, I think he is the undisputed number one pick just based on how good he is. But the only issue I see is he might get picked up by an NFL team, might bounce around practice squads, but I think at the end of it, he'll be a CFL player. I kind of agree with you on that one. I've I've definitely heard the NFL interest is around him for sure but i feel like even if that's true i think calgary has enough depth at that position that they could afford probably to wait on him he's there for maybe a year or two. Oh yeah 100 percent. they could they can get by for a little bit it's just a lot of cfl guys it's tough for them to come in and start right away but i think o'donnell can because a lot of university of alberta o-linemen tend to do that and have been very successful at the next level yeah there's been a couple in recent years who have come in from the Golden Bears and actually done fairly well. 
Yeah, Mark, Mark Corte and uh, Justin Lawrence on the stamps. Corte is the starting left tackle on uh, the Red Blacks. Oh, yeah, Corte. Yeah, that's the name I was thinking of. And then let's move on to Thomas Jack. What do you think of him? No shot he's going to the NFL. No shot. I just there's the difference is there's one of these there's intrigue around a guy like O'Donnell like oh he should have been a guy probably playing in the states now that we think about it but Thomas Jack he's he's good he's he's going to be a great CFL player no doubt but he's he's a guard 100% he doesn't have a, the frame for tackle but I just see Assay in my draft and Carter going ahead because these are two guys that have that build and are successful in the Canadian game and uh, will pro- most likely be successful at the next level. But no doubt he's really good. But I just think O'Donnell is, and Assay are uh, better than him. Yeah, that's fair. I look at his track record. He's a three-year starter at a Division One school. Definitely is a guard in this league, that's for sure. I just, I don't want to fall into that trap that kind of the Riders did with Josiah St. John, where they drafted him high because he had potential playing guard or tackle, and I feel like, yeah, guard against that, this guy's a productive player. Uh, The Argos need some help right now, so I feel like he'd be a good fit for them. Uh, but the difference between Josiah and him, Josiah, he didn't even play that much in the NCAA. This guy was a real starter. I think a lot of teams, they have that NCAA allure. So, oh, let's draft this guy. But to be honest, offensive line play is getting so they're almost on the same level where a lot of Canadian guys that play new sports beat him out just because uh, the play is slowly getting even. I hear you there. I just, it's one of those things that, darn, it sucks that the one-on-ones are probably going to be canceled because of the coronavirus, because I would have loved to have watched it and seen how these guys did, and we were going to have an episode on that, so, darn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately not get to see any of these guys, but uh, moving on to Assay, I, on my draft, I have him number two. Uh. I think he's not as good as Carter, but he's still amazing. He's an all-Canadian as well. Uh, same build as Carter. Uh, he's a little heavier, but he just he's not as technically sound or not, not as much of a finisher. He's a finisher, but Carter's just nasty. All right, I feel you there. Uh, Carter O'Donnell and SA, they could play either guard or tackle, right? Or, is, or are they seen as just... Tackles. Oh, correct. Uh, in the Canadian game, they, there's Canadian tackles are hard to come by. That's why if there's a guy who has has this ability to play tackle, they'll get drafted high. Yeah. But these guys both have the ability to play tackle. They play tackle in college right now, but uh, they like to put Americans out there in the CFL. So let's see how they fare. But they both have the size. One hundred percent, and that's why I kind of feel like Telesay will go to the Lions because they. I know they tried to go with a Canadian tackle last year with Brett Boyko, and it didn't exactly pan out. So I feel like if they got uh, a say there, they could kind of keep experimenting with that if they wanted to. And he could, if it fails, he can just move into guard, and it's not a problem. Yeah, Whereas, 100%. Yeah, Thomas Jack is a pure guard. That's just why I have them reversed there. You could say center, but it's tough to put a career guard at center. Oh, yeah. Like, you hear a guy like Brendan Labatt, like, he'll play center for the Riders, but he does not like it, and he makes that kind of clear in his interviews. 
So yeah, a hundred percent. He's one of those guys. Yeah, no doubt. So moving away from our top three, we start to differ here. Uh, at number four, going to Edmonton, I have Mason Bennett, and James has Cameron Lawson. So how about you talk about those two games? So Cameron Lawson, uh, I've had the pleasure of playing against. Oh, uh, yeah, at Queen's University, uh, game wrecker, an absolute game wrecker. He does may not have these stats. He was a second team All Canadian this year, but he's just one of these guys who just keeps O linemen on their feet because he's so strong and he's 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 like about six three two ninety three hundred about there, maybe a little less. But he's just one of these dudes where he's he's hard to move and get off to get any drive on him. That's why, I'm, and he may not have stats, but it's just like the intangibles of his ability. His ceiling is so high, and I just see so much out of this guy. I was talking about him before he was in the top list for the scouting bureau because you were, yeah, I remember. Guys, that. guys know who he is. Not maybe not scouts, but guys in the in the OUA and U Sports know who this guy is. He's disgusting but then moving on to mason bennett i think he's going to be the next great pass rusher in canadian football for being uh canadian born rather because he played in the states in fcs and he tore it up he was a three-year starter and it's really hard to come by defensive ends that are big bodied like him uh so i think he'll be an impact player 100 percent. i don't think he's going to get nfl attention but I think he's going to be one of these guys who makes an impact immediately in the league. Yeah, for sure. Especially with Edmonton, they lost uh, Nick Usher to the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland Raiders again. But uh, yeah, with him be with him being gone, and now they have Botang and Betts, I feel like if they add him, they could go with two Canadian defensive ends, which would be very interesting to see. Oh, yeah, because... Um... Betts can also play linebacker. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's also that's good to know. That's what he signed with the Bears to be before he got cut. Oh, okay. Because Bennett Bennett's quite a bit bigger than that. Well, not quite a bit bigger, but like let's say twenty pounds and like two inches taller, an inch or two taller. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I can see them going with that and just drafting some depth there, just in case they want to. So again, we have a. Difference here at number five, you have Mason Bennett, who we just talked about, and I have Michael Hoyt. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about him, James? Uh, Hoyt, uh, three-year starter at Brown University Ivy League FCS defensive tackle. Uh, honestly, I kind of this guy came out of nowhere for me, where. When making our mock draft, I, I, I honestly, I'm gonna be, I had no idea who this guy was. But then when I put the tape on, I think he'll be really good at the Canadian level. I think Cameron Lawson's better than him. I think Cameron Lawson's the best defensive tackle in this draft. But uh, Hoyt, he's he, no NFL attention. He played at Brown. He's one of these guys who doesn't need football. He's so smart, but he wants to pursue it, so he's coming to the CFL and. Uh, he was pretty productive at uh, Brown, 16.5 career sacks in three years, which is really good for an interior guy. And also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, at his online pro day, he ran a pretty fast 40 under five seconds, which is very impressive. So I definitely see him going in the first round. For sure. I can't remember exactly what his 40 time is, but his 40 time was crazy. I'm going to Google it as we're talking here. 
I look at that, his stats from last year, four sacks for an interior guy, that's really good. Um, his, his production's good. It's at an American school that is, like, not a decent football school, but, you know, decent competition. It's, yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. I think he could be a really good defensive tackle in this league. Uh, Hamilton needs depth behind Ted Laurent, so I feel like this is a natural pick for them. It's this 40 time. Hold on. I pulled it up in an article. Here it is. He ran a 4.6540. pounds. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's like NFL good, but I just don't think he gets an NFL look just based on where he played and the amount of D tackles in this draft. True. Uh in a couple of picks we'll talk about NFL speed, but on to our number six pick, we have the same guy. We have Jordan Williams, who's a linebacker. Now, this guy's a little bit interesting, so why don't you tell us a bit about him, James? So I went to the Ontario Combine to see some of my teammates uh, do some drills and compete, and this guy wowed everyone. I had no idea who he was. No scouts had any idea who he was. Uh, he played at Eastern Carolina, was a starting uh, linebacker for him. If I'm not mistaken, this past season, I don't want to say the team because I don't want to get wrong, but I know he was on an NFL practice squad. And oh. he's in the same boat as Singleton. Not as he's going to be as good as Alex Singleton, but like he found out after graduating college and going to the NFL briefly that he had some Canadian blood in him, which would make him eligible to be drafted. Yeah, I heard that too. Uh, he played at East Carolina. I think he was on a practice roster in 2018 with the, I think it was the 49ers. Yes, that's who I thought it was, but I didn't want to say it. And also in the combine, he tore up drills. He placed top three for a lot of the major drills for linebackers. Oh, okay. Well, that's good then. So he's, yeah, he's definitely draft worthy. Um, what am I going to say? Oh, yeah. The the Red Blacks were going to sign him to their squad last year. And they found out that, hey, no, you qualify for being Canadian or whatever, so he had to get his national status, and that's why he's now in this draft. So I think because the Red Blacks discovered him and they're picking right here and they need some good Canadian depth there, I feel like that they probably take him. Moving on from Jordan Williams, we have Mark. Anthony DeQuay, who I've been picked at seven by the Riders, and James has Nicholas Daly. Now, James, I'll let you talk about those two prospects. Yeah, I'm going to start off with Daly. Uh, this is kind of a reach uh, a lot. I was, I was just trying to set myself apart a little bit, but I was going off of the impression of he was going to jump up tremendously due to the Combine. Uh, this guy's huge. He's 6'5", 255, outside linebacker and defensive end. Uh, played at U of R, won Canwest Rookie of the Year, All-Star. Uh, I think he had some troubles there. Went to the CJFL for the Okanagan Sun. All-Canadian, All-Star, stud. This year, U of S, All-Star, just tears it up. He... He's gross. When I say gross, he's just a savage. He's huge. You never find a Canadian uh, DN this big. And 
he's he's a menace coming off the edge and I felt like he'd show off really good in the combines and one-on-ones at the national combine beating some of these American O-linemen. But unfortunately we won't get to see that. So this pick looks a little stupid, <laughs> but, uh, Mark Antony, uh, Dequay. Dequay? Dequay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I say it like uh, a French person. So I'm hoping that's yeah. right. Yeah. You have him at seven going to Sask. I have him at eight going to Hamilton. I honestly, this guy was the leader on the top U sports defense at University of Montreal. Uh, sadly, he lost in uh, the Vanier Cup, but he still had a really, really good performance in the Vanier Cup. Uh, he he ran a four three five forty at his pro day, which is crazy. That's better than tons of NFL talent. So I honestly think this guy is going to get uh, a shot at the NFL. I'm I'm honestly thinking that he gets signed to a practice squad. I see him in like the same light as Buka, uh, who came out of UFC a few years ago. Not that he, I think he's a little better, but in the same vein that they're going to get an NFL shot. Yeah, that's possible. You mentioned his speed and the fact he plays DB and safety is kind of nice for the CFL. Gives the riders a potential backup or depth for Buka and. That doesn't work out. That's not the way they want to go. They can always move him over to safety. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. He's so versatile. Oh yeah, like I I watched the Vanier too, and he stood out for me. Uh, Sinegro was pretty good there too. Calgary's running back, who no one's really talking about. He's another guy that I think people need to watch out for. Oh Rodriguez, yeah. Yep. Oh definitely, yeah, but. The issue is his combine got canceled, which is upsetting. I know for a lot of guys, because I play in the OUA. I'm from Calgary, and I know guys who are going to go to the combine. And it's so frustrating because a lot of guys make their name at the combine. This happens every year where guys make a name for themselves at the combine. To be honest, Jordan Williams, uh, other people wouldn't really know who he was unless he had this opportunity at the Ontario combine. 100%, yeah. And... Moving on to our eighth pick, as you mentioned, you have uh, Mark Anthony DeQuay. I have John Brissett, who's a wide receiver. He's my, him. he's my number nine. <laughs> he was very good at University of Richmond, which is an FCS school. Uh, so the subdivision, uh, bowl subdivision. I honestly... Uh, he was really good when he played at Richmond, but then he transferred as a grad to Virginia, which is ACC. Uh, and he wasn't very productive. He's more of a just a depth or practice guy, rather. And I think scouts are looking at his FCS film and realize, oh, he'll be good in the CFL, but he just wasn't good enough to compete at Virginia, where four-star recruits go, where they play Clemson. They just thought he was really good, but just not good enough to play against NFL caliber uh, type guys. And I see him going in the first round based off of what he previously did, but you never know. He could be a really good Canadian receiver. I think this is a boomer bust pick. Yeah. I'm going with his pedigree there that scouts are going to be really high on and Hamilton losing their starter, Mike Jones. Uh, He also was a Canadian that played in an American school. I feel like, Maybe they take that route again, and hint, hint, they're going to pick a fail-safe, I think, with 
my next pick for Hamilton. But at my number nine, I had Cameron Lawson, who we already discussed. You feel he's the top defensive tackle in the draft? In the draft, I'd say, but he's the second best in Canada. I think the best one's still still in U Sports, but that's a topic of discussion for another time. Oh, no, no, no. Who Who is it? Don't leave us guessing. I think it's Jamin Pelly from UFC. If anyone saw the Vanier Cup, Dominator, Guy... Uh, I played CJFL with him when I used to play juniors. This guy, instead of playing high school, played in the Canadian Junior Football League and played against guys who are in the CFL now, was dominating CFL practice squad because they have a Cameron Lawson, I believe, did this when he played in the CJFL, where you can be a part of the practice squad Oh yeah, uh, while you're playing CJFL. And apparently he was going against guys on the dinos and holding his own he's a six foot six 360 pound d tackle who is lightning fast and is a bully he was an all canadian and i think this guy will get nfl looks once he uh reaches the combine i believe next year but he is one of these guys who slipped through the cracks for ncaa but man he's He's so good. He could have went to the CFL. Uh, Stamps offered him a contract, but he said, no, I want to get my degree and go to UFC. So, Jamin Pelly, look out for that name. Oh, that's going to be interesting to see when he comes into the CFL. When is he eligible next year, or when is he ready to go? Uh, I think he, I believe he's eligible next year because he played three. Th- he has two more years, I think. I think I'm not 100% sure but I think he might have three more years. So he's draft eligible, not this season, next season. Oh, okay. So look out for him, you sport and CFL fans. Older guy. He's an older guy, but yeah. So now to the second round. We have the same guy in the first pick of the second round, Ryson John. Now, this guy intrigues me a lot, so I'll let James talk about him here. Yeah, this guy came out of nowhere. I I had no idea who he was. No one did. Uh, he kind of came out of uh, out of nowhere, which I just said. Uh, he played for Simon Fraser, the Division Two team in Canada. Uh, he had ten touchdowns and about just under nine hundred receiving yards on a team that was one and six. But the intrigue I have with him is he's six foot seven, two hundred and thirty pounds. As yeah. a Canadian receiver, you never see that. He And he had 10 touchdowns, which is crazy. So you know he's a good red zone target. I think he's so big that he'll just be able to moss DBs. And I just think, I think he's a good pick. I don't know about safe pick because we've never seen a receiver this tall. But I think he has tremendous upside just based on his production and his build. Yeah, I hear you there. From what I remember, he had some good speed and he's got what you can't teach. He's got size almost a 900-yard receiver. So, yeah, I think he's going to be a decent pick, and it's interesting to see if he pans out at the next level. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, now we move on to our second pick of the second round. You have a guy that I really like, but I don't think is going to go this high, Tyler Taranowski. And then I have Brendan O'Leary-Orange going to the Argos with this pick. I'll first talk about Tyler Ternowski, University of Waterloo, electrifying offense, their best receiver. I think he had eight touchdowns this year. 
man, just when you see him in person, like we, I'm not, I'm not a defensive player, but I, I played against him. I saw him. He took back a 90 yard TD on us, uh, which is unfortunate for us, but good for his draft stock. Uh, really good route runner. And I don't think we've seen a CIS caliber receiver like this in a long time. I think maybe Danny Vanterhoor. I, I sorry, his name I always Vanderfort or something like Vanderfort. that. Vanderfort. Yeah. yeah. I think he he's on the same level where he's a CIS guy who's so highly regarded, but I think this guy has a better chance in the pros. And I just really want to see him succeed because he's so fun in U Sports. For sure. When I look at this guy, he's undersized, but very productive. So that tells me he's got a lot of skill. So I think yeah. he will probably pan out. And something screams gem about this guy for me. I don't know what it is, but I feel like he's going to be a stud. Oh, 100%. I, I agree with the gem comment. Because he's, he's, I think he's the best U Sports receiver on here. And I think people are going to look past him because he played U Sports. But I, I think he's better than. All the guys I've mentioned previous. Sure. My opinion. My opinion. Then uh Brendan O'Leary Orange, uh, a Nevada Wolfpack player. Uh kind of a depth guy, nothing really special, but I think he's on here. He's one of these guys who's gonna be in the second round, just based on he played in the States and was a depth guy. So they just think, Oh, he played Div One. Let's bring him up to the CFL. And fun fact, he uh, played with last chance U quarterback from the second season. I mean, third season, rather, at Nevada. Well, that's cool. If anyone's a last chance U fan, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I have his numbers from 2017 weren't that bad. But yeah, as you mentioned, in later years, his numbers kind of dropped off. He had 39 receptions, 618 yards, and four touchdowns in 2017. I mean, those are decent numbers, and... Yeah, starter numbers, but then they kind of drop off tremendously. Yeah, for sure, and that's definitely a red flag, but yeah, he's going to be an interesting pick at the next level. I just feel like the Argos are going to go with an American guy just because they seem to draft that way. So. Yeah, I agree. They go for the NCAA guys. Yeah, and then our number three pick of DCs, uh, we both agree here that I believe this guy's name is Dylan Giffen. Is that correct? Western offensive lineman. Yep. He Western is like offensive line U. That and U of A, I think, thus far, in the current state of the CFL, have produced the best uh, linemen at the next level. Uh, Shane Bergman on the stamps is from uh, Western. And the tons of guys from there get drafted. Calgary loves Western guys. But I'm just using that as an example. I know he's going to get drafted. I think he'll get drafted to BC, but he's consistent. Consistent, consistent, consistent. He didn't have an all-Canadian this year, but he's one of these guys who isn't an up-or-down guy. He's been tremendously consistent for Western on their championship runs. Uh, he's a guard at the next level, I think. I think he's an interior guy. But, man, it's just Western... My top three teams for producing pros are Western, UFC, and Laval. So if you're going to one of those schools and you're an offensive lineman, you know they're going to be extremely well coached. For sure. Uh, I'm going to add another school, Wilford Laurier, to that list uh, for 
defensive linemen because they produced some great defensive linemen these last two years with Robbie Smith oh, I agree. and uh, Botang. So uh, I'll add them to that list as well. Uh, DC definitely needs the help on the offensive line. So I think this again makes sense that they draft two Canadian offensive linemen for depth purposes. That's kind of blanked out. What team does the next does uh, Isaac's the guy from the FCS school? Uh, yeah, southeastern Louisiana. That's what I thought. Sorry, man, I just kind of blanked out there for a second. Oh, it's okay. James is just jumping ahead here, so we'll go to the number four pick now. As we mentioned, uh, Isaac Edyemi Berglund is how I'm gonna say his name. Uh, again, this number four pick, the second round is Edmonton's, and you have Jack Casser going there. Yeah, so I'll start with Berglund. Uh, defensive end, uh, southeastern Louisiana, I believe, in the FCS conference, so the lower version of Div uh, FBS. I th- I think uh, he'll probably go second or third round. He's one of these guys you got to wait for the combine and see because, yeah, he was productive in FCS, but he doesn't have a lot of hype around him and he's a wait and see kind of guy because he's, we always find Canadians late uh, and then they get added to this list. Uh, Then Jack Casser, OUA defensive player of the year, first team, all Canadian, every defensive accolade you could think of in U sports. He got it. Uh, Linebacker, he's six, four, two thirty. That's huge for a, a linebacker, especially in the Canadian game. This is another guy I played against who just lays licks on guys. He's a guy where you're you're running across the middle or as a receiver, you're going to get smacked by this guy. Oh. And he's just a thumper. And I think I think he'll be really good for Edmonton. Second round's really tough to find instant starters. He's not an instant starter, but I think he'll get playing time in his first year and be a depth guy his first year. And I think he could develop into something really good. I hear you there. Uh... I'll be honest, he's a guy I'm not very familiar with, but you have very high praise for him, so I think that's a good sign for his stock. Then, moving on to our fifth pick, which is property of Montreal's. Uh, you have them drafting Adam McClare, brother of Anthony, who plays for the Buccaneers, and Sam... Achampong. Yep, you know uh, this guy. I, I, Yeah, I'm friends with his brother in real life. Uh, oh. Uh, He's he's my teammate. His brother's my teammate. Nice. <laughs> Defensive lineman as well. Starter for us. He's good. But so Adam O'Clair, I think his production did drop off this year, but he's a Laval guy, so you know he is coaching. He can play in the secondary or linebacker. He has, has that physique and athleticism, which makes him versatile. He had that drop off in production, but I don't think that's anything to uh, be scared of. Laval kind of had a down year, so to speak, for them. When I say down year, they had two losses, but still, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think he's he's gonna fit in with Montreal, draft a hometown kid, get all the Laval fans to come out, and I think he's a good depth guy right away, good special teamer. Yeah, I I agree with all of those points there for sure. And uh, the next guy I have in our chat, we have I have mentioned this guy, and now it's coming out. Oh, this guy's so good because. I know these guys before the scouts do. Sam Achimpong, uh, defensive end, defensive tackle, kind of a three-tech guy. 
He's about 6'4", 275. He had product, not a crazy amount of tackles, but he's interior. He played a lot of interior at Laurier, but I think he's he's going to be successful at the next level because Laurier is defensive line you for Canadian football. Oh, yeah. In my opinion, they they just keep producing good defensive players at the next level, Laurier. Uh, they've a tremendous D line coach, and I think this guy's not going to be a starter right away, but a depth guy. I think he'll uh, sit and then become one of these really good guys. And I think he's a gem because no one had him on the top 15. And at the combine, I expected him to test well because he's a strong guy. Strong. He, Pete, when I say strong, I mean he just has man strength. He's just naturally really, really strong. All right. I feel you there. Yeah. Laurier is good place as we mentioned earlier for defensive linemen defensive ends so considering that's a spot of need for montreal i feel like they probably pick him a little er earlier here and moving on to the sixth pick of the second round which is property of the calgary stampeders you have them picking Pong, and then i have them picking jack casser so just address those guys so we're going to move on to our seventh pick here which is property of montreal i have them taking eau claire here he made a lot of good points local kid uh has ability to play linebacker and db and i feel like he could probably play safety if they needed him to so yeah and the other guy i have here is also a local kid i think he's the gem as well andrew sinette spaulding defensive tackle mcgill McGill's been a pretty crappy team, uh, pretty mediocre the past few years, ups and downs. But he's one of these guys out of uh, Sujep, which is their juke, which you play before high school, uh, college rather, in uh, in Quebec. It's like junior college almost. He was one of the top de uh, recruited defensive tackles, but he chose McGill. Uh, super productive at his time in McGill, instant starter in McGill. And he he tore up guys on Laval where he's uh he's he's really dominant in the middle and he's uh no matter what team you put him against he's produced in OUA he's played the Lavals the Montreals the Concordias Sherbrooke's and every team no matter what it is he's playing at such a high level uh the other guys can't match i think he is kind of ahead of guys that use sports but i think it's different in the pros because he isn't very big he's six foot uh 290 not that he's not uh light he's he's a heavy guy it's just he's not very tall he's six feet and i think he'll be uh good at the next level and a gem just because of the flashes he's shown in college against these elite teams okay yeah that's interesting he's another guy that i had not heard about so Interesting pick on your part. And then we have two guys we talked about earlier with that eight pick in the second round, which is the property of Hamilton. Uh, Tyler Taranowski. I hinted it. They're going to go. Hamilton's going to go with a guy that kind of has the pedigree, but they're also going to draft a guy who's productive. And I feel like that's going to be Taranowski. And then you have them drafting Brendan O'Leary Orange at this spot. Yes, sir. Um, I could, I think Tyler Turnowski is a good fit for Hamilton or Toronto. I could see him go in there, but 
I don't know. I just think Tyler Chanowski is so good. That's why I had him so high. But I think Orange has a big possibility of going ahead of him just based on that NCAA pedigree. Yeah, I kind of do too. Um, Chernowski, yeah. They they have undersized Canadian receivers. Like They have Ryan Unger there already, so I feel like it'd be easier for Chernowski to go there just because they already have a guy like that. So function is at worst depth for him but i feel like he's going to be very productive at the next level for sure oh yeah and with our last pick in the second round uh we have different picks here i have noah howlett uh defensive back and then you have samuel how you say his last name james uh left left bread i can't even say it uh Left Brev, uh, I I don't okay. want to butcher it, but he's a center from Laval, who also has all star and all Canadian nods. I think he's a center at the next level, but Laval always produces pretty good offensive linemen. I don't think he's going to be as good as, um, uh, what was the gentleman drafted first overall from Laval? Oh. His name's slipping me. Uh, it's okay. Uh, Pierre Laverty. Pierre oh. Laverty. Okay, you're yeah. going back a couple years. Yeah, going back. Yes, I don't think he's as good as him, but he's. That's just an example, a comparison that Laval can produce really good centers. Um, I don't think they're they're in the same vein, but not necessarily the same. And I think he'll be good for Winnipeg because Winnipeg's always looking to get offensive linemen and not necessarily upgrade, but get depth. Let this guy sit a little bit. Then in a few years, we'll start. And then uh, Noah Hallett, a guy I've played against, unfortunately, because uh, <laughs> they beat us. Uh, he's a DB from McMaster who had uh, a top five U sports defense. And they in the OUA, the Ontario Conference, they had the best defense and most turnovers. And Noah Hallett's one of these defensive backs that helped lead that charge. Really good in coverage, solid. Um He's obviously not a starter, but I think he's a depth guy. But I think he's going to be a great Canadian DB uh, acquisition by the Bombers to help add depth in the meantime while he develops. But just McMaster's also a team that makes pretty good pros, in my opinion, all around, not necessarily one position. But he's he had a really good year this year winning the OUA, and uh, I expect some pretty decent things from this guy. Yeah, same here. I put him there more or less because I read some stuff on him. It says he also, has, in addition to being a starter there, he was also a big contributor on special teams. So I feel like a team like Winnipeg would really value that. And uh, I'm sure him being a Canadian DB, they can probably stick him at safety or they'll try to. So Yeah, try and do something with him. Exactly, so he could maybe be the heir apparent to when Jeff Heck decides to hang it up, I feel like. Yeah, he can also contribute on teams, so that's always good. Yeah, that's what guys are always looking for, your special teams ability. That's a lot of reasons why guys go so high in the second round who people aren't super familiar with due to their special teams abilities. So that's where a lot of Canadian guys make their money. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, For example, I think it was... Uh, in the fourth round, Calgary drafted Fraser Sopic, who is, I think he was pegged to be like the top linebacker in that draft, but he, I think he played a little bit on defense, but he made his mark mostly on teams, and that's how a lot yeah. of these guys managed to stick around so long. Yeah, that's how you get opportunities, stick around, develop on teams, then hopefully get moved to defense. Exactly. 
so that concludes our mock draft because I didn't say all of the picks initially uh, who owned them. I'm just going to run through it really quickly. So in the first round, Calgary owns the first overall pick because of the Nick Arbuckle trade, I believe. So James and I both have Carter O'Donnell as the first overall pick. Number two belongs to the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, I have them drafting Thomas Jack. James has them drafting Catelase. At number three, I have BC drafting Catelase, and James has them drafting Thomas Jack. Uh, number four, that pick is owned by Edmonton. I have them drafting Mason Bennett. James has them drafting Cameron Lawson. Uh, number five belongs to Hamilton. I have them drafting Michael Hoyt. And James has them drafting Mason Bennett. Number six belongs to the Red Blacks. Uh, we both have them drafting Jordan Williams. Uh, seventh pick in the draft belongs to the Saskatchewan Roughriders. I have them drafting Mark Anthony DeQuay, who's a DB slash safety. And James has them drafting Nicholas Daly, who is a defensive end slash outside linebacker. Number eight belongs to Hamilton, who. I have drafting Dijon Brissett, and James has drafting DeCoy. Uh, ninth pick of that round also belongs to Toronto. I have them drafting Cameron Lawson, and James has them drafting Brissett. In round two, that first pick is owned by Ottawa. Second pick, Toronto. Third pick, BC. Fourth, Edmonton. Fifth, Montreal. Sixth, uh, Calgary. And... The seventh pick of that round also belongs to Montreal. Uh, the eighth pick in the second round belongs to Hamilton, and the ninth belongs to Winnipeg. And that should wrap things up. Um, are there any guys that maybe you see sneaking into the final April rankings that may not be on here? That's so tough because of the combines being canceled. But I'd say keep an eye out for. Rossini Sanjong tested well at the Ontario Combine, did really well in uh, one-on-ones. He's defensive end, possibly an outside linebacker at the next level. Uh, really productive. Uh, I believe he's a two-time uh, first-team uh, OUA All-Star. And uh, I think he sneaks in there based off of his Combine performance. Yeah, for sure. Um, you were right about two guys that snuck on to the last one. I believe it was Cameron Lawson and Jack Casser were two guys you said to look out for. So they were on the list. So those two guys very likely could end up uh, in that final April ranking if they have it. And once again, for those of you who don't know, CFL Draft is April 30th. Stay tuned to the True North CFL Podcast. We will have all of your drafting info. and. We plan to have a couple shows like this for the draft. We'll probably do a final mock draft uh, maybe the day or two before the CFL draft, and then we'll kind of do a post-draft analysis of everything when that's all done. So, again, keep your eyes here. True North CFL Podcast. I've been Jimmy Leach. And I've been James Tease. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Anytime. So. Again, if you didn't get to see our full mock draft, it's posted on our Instagram and our Twitter, so go check that out for sure. 
Uh, this is the True North CFL Podcast signing off.